wood? Oh, yeah. You are now listening to Blast Burn Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Blast Burn Radio. I am your host, Jolly by Nature, and with me today are our coal mining friends, our underground co-hosts, Celeste and Messer Engine. Thanks for joining me today, guys. How's it going? I'm working in a coal mine coal mine? Nah, I didn't do any of that. <laughs> Let's be honest. Another generation, another mini game that Mess will not do any more than he has to. Yep, that is the story. Whether I be surfing on mantines, I don't do that either. Digging holes, gambling. No, it's just no. If it doesn't have have a Pokemon attacking something or me progressing, forget about it. I like the underground, though. I think it's kind of fun. Yeah, the underground is a super nifty mechanic. I can understand why so many uh, so many Gen Four aficionados praise it so heavily, and I'm I'm really interested to see what they do with it in the eventual remakes but that's neither here nor there how are we doing this week guys i'm pretty good it was a pretty harrowing week at work this week but uh we, we've made it to the other side which is good i got a wedding shower to go to tomorrow should be should be fun so yeah you guys will see me uh live like right after i get back from that probably awesome eh, i had a pretty low week honestly a lot of things going on in the world just kind of got to me way more than it should I ended up turning off all social media, and I'm doing a lot better. And I'm going to Pride tomorrow, and it's going to be fun. So hopefully that'll be great. Every once in a while, you just kind of got to say, fuck a Twitter. Like, I feel like that's important every once in a while. I'm going to get you a t-shirt that just says, fuck a Twitter on it. <laughs> right on the front. Oh, there's got to be some bad connotation to that. I will wear it. I will wear it every damn day. Uh, I'm I'm pretty good. I actually, I had to get a doorknob and put it in backwards to lock on the outside for my youngest daughter because she's fucking Godzilla and she will not stay in her room at night and it's becoming a real goddamn problem in my life. So we're locking her in like a fucking monster, but it's working. She's actually sleeping better. So yay, parenting. <laughs> <laughs> No, my week has been pretty, pretty okay. I, I think my, uh, my wife wrapped up her school year, so she's on summer break now, and we're going to do some fun stuff with the kids. I'm going to pick up some extra hours at work, make some money. It's a good time. All right, guys. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Because while last week was the big one in terms of Pokemon news, uh, we are continuing to find out more details and learn more information as we make our way towards E3 next week. So there's still quite a lot to talk about. So what have we learned over the last week? Let's find out in this week's Pokemon news. Here is the Poke News. The Poke News. All right, guys. So quick reminder that the June event in the Year of Legendaries is is live. It's active. This giveaway is for a shiny Zygarde. And as Zygarde is shiny locked in game, this is currently the only way to obtain this shiny Pokemon. Codes are being distributed at GameStop here in the US, EB Games in Canada, and over Wi-Fi Mystery Gift in Europe and Oceania. So make sure to get yours while they last. Codes are available through June 24th in North America, and the Wi-Fi event is active through 
through June 22nd abroad. I went to go get mine on the 2nd. And I walked in and I was like, hey, can I get a code? And the guy like looked at me with his blank expression and just <laughs> blinked twice. And I was like, dude, dude, like shiny Zygarde. And he like just reached in and handed it to me. He didn't fucking say anything. And I was like, I got another cartridge. I need another one. He just like looks at it. Like <laughs> looks at me. Like reaches back down and gives me the other one. I was like, Jesus Christ. Come on. This is not hard. You have a stack right there. Yeah, it's funny because the the manager of the GameStop around the corner, he knows me. Like, he knows my face, if not my name, and knows me as the Pokemon guy. So I stopped in after the grocery store, and he wanted to talk to me about Let's Go for, like, 30 minutes. And I'm like, bro, I got, like, ice cream in the trunk. Like, yes, I want to have this conversation, but fuck, now? I just want my toothpaste dragon. (laughs) Colgate must live. Now, guys, we we also want to remind you that the global challenge for June, which may or may not be the final global challenge, is also currently live. Uh, We are collectively challenged to play in the Festival Plaza, which apparently just equates to spending lots and lots of money. Something, something capitalism. The challenge is for us to collectively spend 5 million FC coins by June 18th and... Well, we've almost already tripled that goal with 14 million coins spent as of this recording with a week still to go in the challenge. So make sure to sign up and get credit like we've done it by a lot. As always, this victory will net us all 2000 FC coins and that reward is doubled if your cartridge is linked to your global link account. So get that sweet, sweet money. Now, finally, this week brings the registration for June's Global Link Tournament. This month, the Global Link is hosting the 2018 International Challenge June. And this is a tournament using the standard VGC 2018 doubles format. As always, all participants will net 50 in-game BP, and top performers will earn championship points towards an invitation to Worlds. So good luck. Registration is active currently and runs through June 14th, and battles will be active from the 15th through the 17th. So good luck, trainers. Now... We kind of glossed over poor Pokemon Go in the hustle and bustle of all of last week's exciting announcements, uh, but there is some some pretty cool and very interesting stuff happening in the mobile title right now. So, Messer Engine, what's going on this week in Pokemon Go? We've got a new event. That's right, Jolly. Even you can go out and participate in the Water Festival 2018 event. I can, but I won't. I know you won't. I won't either. <laughs> no interest. It features the return of Kyogre in raid battles, and as its name might indicate to you, there is a whole bunch of water Pokemon. It's also important to note that Kyogre returning to raid battles is super dope because its shiny appearance is totally possible right now. So that's neat. Go get yourself a shiny whale. Shelder will also be shiny during this event, so that's cool. Get yourself a shiny cloister. That's super fun. And finally, but certainly not the least important thing for this event, the two-kilometer eggs will earn double Stardust and candy for special Pokemon such as Totodile, Mudkip, and Corefish. The event is live right now and runs through June 21st. I actually sat out at lunch today just catching Totodiles and Mudkips for most of lunch, so that was real neat. And in a, the other piece of Pokemon Go news isn't as exciting, you guys. It is still very important though. Following the problems from last year's Pokemon Go Fest event where, you know, people couldn't actually play and all that stuff that we covered last year, the court has kind of ruled that Niantic needs to set up a settlement page to reimburse travel and hotel costs. 
to people who attended the event. So if you attended, in order to qualify for reimbursement as part of the settlement, you need to send in a claim, a claim form to be specific, to GoFestSettlement.com. Again, that's GoFestSettlement.com. Yeah, this is this is long overdue, frankly. Like, don't get me wrong, Niantic did respond pretty quickly, but they took in no account to the fact of, of how many people traveled to take part in that event and how little being reimbursed for their actual ticket meant in the grand scheme of what they paid. So it, it sucks that it had to be court-ordered, but it's good that those people are getting some restitution. All right, now... Following the major announcements of Pokemon Let's Go and the Untitled Generation 8 games last week, we've seen a media blitz from the Pokemon Company and Game Freak over the last week. There are a few particularly important tidbits that came out of that, so let's go over those. Now, Japanese publication Famitsu, which has a massive 20-page feature on Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, and Quest, features an interview with the Pokemon Company CEO, Sunikazu Ishihara. And Ishihara provided a few minor tidbits about the upcoming Pokemon games for Nintendo Switch, the, the 2019 title, the Generation 8 title. He reconfirmed that this game is due for release in the second half of 2019, that it will have better graphics than any prior Pokemon game, that it will be completely new and aimed at experienced fans, not like Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, and states that it will contain many brand new Pokemon. There are a lot of people online who are wildly speculating on features focused at the most hardcore of the Pokemon fan base from this statement, namely over some nitpickings over exact translations where, where he talked about experienced fans. Some people are interpreting that as hardcore fans. Temper those expectation, guys. I think that the most realistic way of interpreting aimed at experienced or hardcore fans might simply be that they won't hold your hand the way that the 3DS titles were criticized heavily for doing. And honestly, if we just get that, it would be a huge win for a lot of us old hands, I think. Listen, what he's saying is that there'll be no man lying on the ground who hasn't had his coffee who needs to insist on teaching you how to catch a Weedle. <laughs> I still think that that guy just like went home and jerked off afterwards. Like he just loves catching Weedles. <laughs> that image i'm not trying to yuck any yums man if that's your thing do you <laughs> now there's been a lot of discussion in the community over the past week on the capture mechanics of the let's go games with many expressing certainty or, or at least extreme hope uh, that the motion capture will be optional well, Game Freak has spoken, and it's not. As part of continued statements to the press, the Pokemon Company has reconfirmed that motion control is compulsory in this particular game. In docked or tabletop mode, capture is done by flicking the Joy-Cons, and in handheld, you move the switch around to aim and press the A button to throw the ball. At present, there is no word of any non-motion control to capturing. Again, guys... Let's go is we can bicker all day long about the semantics of like main series versus spinoff, but it's different than the core Pokemon games that we've experienced in the past. It's not the new normal, but don't go into these games expecting them to be, you know, Gen 7 Redux. They're not going to be. They're their own thing. Try to enjoy them for what they are or just don't play them. Yep, yep. It's kind of like what we were discussing before where, you know, I mentioned that Nintendo 
has a has a tendency to double down on certain like features when they're presented for either certain titles or for the system itself. Like this doesn't surprise me at all. I do think that if these capture mechanics ever cross over to like the more mainline games that at that point they'll probably be optional, but for for Let's Go, they are certainly not. I'm actually pretty excited about Let's Go because I might actually be able to get my wife to play Pokemon with me. Yeah, that's really exciting. Like it'd be, it's it's great for things like that. I'm really hoping that that Nancybot picks up Let's Go. Like I think that that's going to be a really good entry point for a lot of those more casual gamers. So, yeah, it's going to be cool. Now, lastly, it has been announced that the upcoming Nintendo Switch titles, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, are to be playable on the E3 show floor in Los Angeles next week, allowing for attendees to give the new systems a shot. It also appears that Game Freak director Junichi Masuda is currently traveling to Los Angeles for E3, which is causing some speculation among the fandom that we're going to get significant announcements for Let's Go Gen 8 or both at the convention. Masuda generally doesn't travel that far for for nothing. We'll be sure to give you guys coverage of that on next week's episode after the convention. Or I guess next week it'll be while the convention's still going on, but Pokemon presents before we record again. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, for our last bit of Pokemon news this week, the Speed Gamers have started a Pokemon Marathon on Twitch for charity. This is a week-long event, and they will be attempting to capture all Pokemon and to raise money for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. You can find out more on their website, tsg.tv, check out their stream on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thespeedgamers, or to donate and help them meet their goals, you can go to tsg.tv slash donate. I really can't impress this on you guys enough. These are fantastic people. They're very well respected in just the gaming community in general for their good works. And St. Jude is a momentous cause. Like it, it is a wonderful charity and I cannot encourage you enough to, to support them either with your views, with your dollars or, or both. Like it's, it's well-deserved. I can't agree more. All right, well, that's our Pokemon news for the week, guys. So let's go ahead and and focus in on our week, all the the highs and the lows of our week in our Nuzlocke series. So this was the second week of our Generation 4 series. Our hosts backtracked to Jubilife City, where strange men with bowl cuts were assaulting diabetes spokesman Professor Rowan. Uh, We chased the same goons out of a power plant they had no business being in. We navigated a spoopy forest with some help from a green-haired girl and her fat egg baby and we finally faced off against gardenia and her elegant grass pokemon in the eterna city gym now as always messer engine was up first to play this week so mess buddy how was your week in nuzlocke gameplay well it was certainly better than the week before not that that's saying much we had a pretty 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 bad week the week before coming off coming off doomix and uh over leveling and all that shit. So we started off feeling real good about having Speedy back in the party. That made me happy. We caught a bunch of cool stuff this week. I'm going to just go over it real quick before we talk a little bit about our our journey through the region. We caught a Magikarp in Ravaged Path. It was really the only thing that we could get in there. So that was a, a definite uh, Gyarados is a real good Pokemon, and it's even better now that uh, a lot of moves are physical instead of just special. And we thought about leveling it for a bit. We actually leveled it a couple levels, and then I remembered how terrible it is to switch train Magikarp and put it promptly 
in the bank where we will fetch him in an emergency. But for now, he's just going to hang out. We caught a, a weasel uh, who we named Shiloh. I've never used a weasel before. It's an odd, odd little aquatic weasel with like a life jacket and like a spinner tail. So that's fun. We're glad to have a water type on the team. That's super cool. That actually knows water moves. We uh, caught a Pachirishu. We named Nuts. I'm not going to use that good squirrel, squirrel kid, but we're happy to have the happy boy. It's sitting in the bank. We also caught uh, Ms. Drevis, which was really, really dope. We caught it in Eternal Forest. Uh, we actually waited until nighttime to go catch it. And it was a real pain to catch, but we got it. And that's going to be super, super cool. And our, our last, not our last encounter for the week, but the, the other one that was exciting is we caught a Ponita, which is the only fire type that we have access to. That we named Avalon. And I'm actually super hyped about it. I mentioned this on my uh, leveling stream this morning when I was getting it ready for PvP tonight, that I don't think anyone has ever uttered the words, like, I'm I'm super hype about Ponita, but I kind of am. So that's a thing. You may see Avalon hang out with me long term. We'll see. We also had our first honey tree encounter this week, which was unfortunately a male combi uh, named Bumble. So Bumble is hanging out with all the other Pokemon that we're not using, just being like, hey guys, I was supposed to bring honey back. But I uh, I got trapped in this box. Do you know the way out? And everyone's like, nope. There is no way out. We're here until everyone on Mez's team dies. <laughs> Anywho, the highlights of the week this week were that we had to have our run- first run-in in the Valley Windworks with Team Galactic. And is, is the Administrator Mars this week? I never remember. That was Commander Mars, yes. Yeah, it's, it's Mars. It's been a while. I actually kind of didn't prepare as well as i should have when i was going in there i was like hey there's not a lot to do on this route go in here and fight some trainers and i really should have known better because her model her sprite was different but it was like talk to people talk to people talk to people and then i was fighting her and i was like shit because her perugly is a terrible big fat cat who's real mean it did a lot of fucking damage to my team wrecked it pretty good especially since it got healed with a potion but we got through it with no deaths, albeit by the skin of our teeth. So that was fine. We kicked Team Galactic right the heck out. And then we continued on through Eternal Forest where we did a lot of grinding with Cheryl and her Chansey. So that was neat. And we headed to Eterna City where we had to fight Gardenia. And I have not played these games in quite a while, like nine years or so. I forgot that that is a gym where you have to fight everybody. Like you can't avoid anyone uh, and you got to go find them in the woods. And that was super cool. I really enjoyed that a lot. We had discussed doing the gym hard mode for like a shit ton of points. But the day that we were doing it on Monday, I just had a terrible day and just did not have like the mental or emotional bandwidth to like think through that or handle the fallout if it went poorly. So we did not do that. We used early to just murder the shit out of everything. And her Roserade almost killed early in one hit magically critically hit and brought early down to like nine hp it was really really bad but luckily early didn't die and he's still around so yeah i mean we had a real good week it was pretty pretty cut and dry a couple exciting moments and we got some hype encounters that's like the best week that you can have in a nuzlocke nobody died 
got some hype encounters. Well, good mess. I'm glad that it went real, real well for you. I think that of the three of us, you had easily the most routine week. That's, I don't think, a stretch. But but yeah, it was really fun to watch, though. You got some really good stuff. Yeah, it was really hype. I'm I'm jealous as shit of that weasel. I wanted one real, real bad. And spoiler, I did not get one, so. <laughs> well, why don't you tell them what you did get? Yeah, let's let's jump in. So I did, of course, stream second. And started off real, real good. Just led with... The Doom Burb led out with Bravo and just returned everything in my path for death and destruction and mayhem. We picked up, we also picked up a Magikarp in the Ravaged Path that we named Mayor after the mayor of Townsville, keeping with our good, good late 90s, early 2000s Cartoon Network naming theme, which is very specific, but very fun. We didn't initially get an encounter in Valley Windworks. We duped four and then decided to save the last one and just get the Drifloon for the easy encounter. We did go into the Valley Windworks and kick the shit out of Mars with Bravo. Bravo's real fucking good. That Perugly is real spoopy and it hits real hard, but was no match for for the the Love Burb with, with his sweet sweet kisses of doom <laughs> so we we stomped her pretty thorough we picked up a female shellas on route 205 named her dd and then in the forest we got our double encounter and we actually got our choice of two possible encounters which were a badoo and a baniri I chose the Badoo. I felt like the grass typing and the utility and stun spore was going to be much, much more useful for me in the short term. But the chat was real upset with me for it. The chat wanted that bun bun real bad. Well, the chat kind of got their wish because after I caught our good Badoo, I ran back to the Pokemon Center. I saved my game. And as I was saving, everything crashed. And the save file corrupted. Now, since the attack of Missing No in week one of our Red, Blue, Yellow series, I have backed up all of my save files just in the event of such a fucking travesty. So I had a backup, but that backup was back to the beginning of the week. So that erased the last hour and a half of gameplay that I had done and all of my encounters. So that was beyond frustrating i poked my co-hosts in in our group chat really quick and said hey this is what's going on how are we going to handle it and we just kind of collectively agreed that it was fair to just mulligan it so all the encounters were just done over we still got our magikarp in ravage path and still named him mayor after the mayor of townsville in valley windworks we actually encountered a pachirisu which I did not want, but I have it now, so that's a thing that I have forever. I named her Susie after little Susie from Johnny Bravo. We got our Shellos again on Route 205, but this was a male Shellos, so we named him Ed with two Ds, or Double D from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. And then when we got back to the Eterna Forest, we got a Buneary. Buneary was the only option in our first encounter it's a male baneary so we named him rolf also of ed ed and eddie so yeah the chat got their wish i got that bun bun whether i wanted it or not <laughs> i also got my first honey tree encounter this week and it was also a male combi that i named wendell and then we did also peek into route 211 on the other side of Eterna City, and we got a baby girl Machop, who we named Cow, after the colloquial cow of, of cow and chicken. 
So yeah, a lot of good stuff. Well, some good stuff. Too too good, a lot of bad, really. But that's okay. That's kind of what we were expecting on this week, if I'm being frank. So at this point, we had to, of course, prepare the team and get ready to take on Gardenia. Now, that was basically the end of my Tuesday night stream, was, was getting all my encounters and kind of starting to piece together what my team was going to look like. In the meantime... Between Tuesday and Friday, when we finished our week of gameplay, I did some work off stream. And specifically, I had to do a whole lot of running around in a fucking circle again. Because Rolf, our dear sweet Baneri, evolves by friendship. And while normally I wouldn't be particularly plussed about that, and I would just kind of let it happen as it happens. It doesn't have to happen literally the first time I level up a new Pokemon, right? It kind of did with Rolf, because I caught Rolf at level 11. At level 13, Baneri learns Frustration, and Lopany learns Return. So I had an option for a second stab return, but only if I evolved Rolf right the fuck away. So I did. I ran around with it forever, and if you've ever leveled a Baneri, you know that it is literally forever because unlike most pokemon that you catch with around a hundred happiness baneri defaults to zero so you have to (laughs) you have to make it love you from despising you so that was fun that was real fun that was about five hours of work so yay but we got it done and we have our big girl our big boy lopany god it feels weird that it's a boy lopany but that's the world we live in (laughs) we we have rolf now and he is a son of a shepherd for certain we also did some digging in the underground which the underground's a really cool gen 4 mechanic we are doing it off stream at least sometimes just because there's no combat involved so there's no chance of a shiny or a crit death or any of that cool stuff it's just digging for rocks underground and we got some cool items under there but specifically we got a fossil which in platinum which fossil you have access to is determined by your trainer id and because my trainer id ends in an even number i have access to the armor fossil which gives me shield on Definitely not of the two, the one that I wanted, but it's still a a pretty decent Pokemon. So I made a point of picking up a shield fossil. And then when we came back for the week on Friday, we made a beeline to Orberg City. We revived our fossil and we got Action Hank the shield on. Now, Hank is a bit of a mixed blessing because shield on and its evolution Bastidon have ungodly fucking defenses like their defensive stats are literally fucking disgusting it's like 180 defense 160 special defense it's it's sick (laughs) that being said it's it's a rock steel type which means that it's also quad weak to fighting and ground which are two of the most common offensive types in the game and especially in this particular series considering the fact that messer engine and celeste both have machops that they have been using to some degree that are unlikely to get benched unless it's in favor for of a different fighting type pokemon mess has a starter that's going to gain ground typing and learn earthquake by level up and celeste has a geodude that already has magnitude So that's not great. It's also got a calm nature, which is good in that it boosts its special defense. It's leaning into what it's good at, but it's bad in that it reduces its already shitty attack. So 
it's pretty much relegated to being a support Pokemon, which is fine, but a slow support Pokemon that has significant weaknesses. It's not, it's not ideal. And so I had to decide if I was going to spend my Stealth Rocks TM this week. As we saw, not having rocks cost me a lot last week in PvP. I think that's pretty fair to say. But if I give rocks to Hank, I'm committing to keeping Hank on the team for the next eight weeks. Because the only way that your Stealth Rocker is going off of your team is if it dies, right? It's, it's too strong of a move to just go, nah, I have better options. You can stay in the bank now. And I'm not ready to commit to Hank like that, and I didn't have another good option to learn it. So ultimately, we decided to wait one more week. There are a lot of really good encounters that could potentially be good Stealth Rock setters on my table for next week. There is Bronzor is on a couple of the, the route encounters, and, and Bronzong would be a real good support Pokemon. Gliscor is possible this week, which would be so huge for so many reasons and would be a really great option to set stealth rocks. So we're going to wait one week. It's probably going to dick me over this week in PVP too, but I can, I can give it a week for the rest of the series. It's fine. Now, the other big decision that we had to make on the week was how we were going to handle Gardenia. First of all, I apologize, guys. I actually misread the point totals after PVP last week because for some reason I forgot how many points PVP was worth. So that's my bad. But the way the totals actually worked out coming into the week is Celeste had 90, I had 60, and Mess had 30, which means that I was in second place and I was 30 or more points behind Celeste, which made me eligible for bonus points on hard mode. So that was compelling, but Gardenia is threatening. She has a fully evolved Roserade with Stab Magical Leaf, with Stab Grass Knot, with Stun Spore. It's, it's a hard-hitting Pokemon, and it has a Citrus Berry, so it's not even easy to kill. In addition, in Platinum, her Turtwig knows Reflect and Sunny Day, and she has a Cherim, which was Cherim's ability, if it comes in on the sun, her whole team gets a speed boost. Which is disgusting. So I had to be incredibly careful. I ultimately decided to pursue the hard mode. And our strategy for hard mode Gardenia was to lead with Mojo, to lead with our Monferno, taunt the Turtwig to keep it from getting any of its good support moves off, and mock punch it to death. And then do the same to Cherim so it couldn't get off Leech Seed and mock punch it to death. And then we were going to switch into our, our Golbat, Sarah, who was going to quad resist all of the Roserade's moves and bite it to death. That was the plan. That plan went off the rails really fucking fast. So we did lead with Mojo against Gardenia. We did taunt the Turtwig and kept it from getting Reflect off. So, so far, so good. Turtwig is a beefy fucking boy. Mock Punch was not doing hardly dick to him, and he was hitting for 10 to 12 with Razor Leaf in return, which was adding up. Like, the way that, that it kind of washed out, and especially with Gardenia using a potion on it, that Turtwig was going to kill Mojo. So that was real bad. So we wound up taunting again, making sure that the taunt was off so that it couldn't sneak in a sunny day, and switching into Bravo our Staravia, figuring, okay, Bravo will get an Intimidate off. Bravo will then murder the Turtwig with Return and at least get a Return off on the Cherim before it gets Leech Seed off, right? And then it can switch. Bravo just proceeded to murder everything Gardenia had. Murdered Turtwig, 
to hit KO the Cherim. The Cherim did not use Leech Seed, so Bravo did not have to come back out. And then Roserade came out. Roserade used Magical Leaf, did about 40% of Bravo's health, and Bravo ate his, his Orenberry, got a little bit back. Bravo hit Roserade with Return for about 70% of its health, and it ate its Citrus Berry and was back up to about 45-50. We were at the point where if Bravo was crit by Magical Leaf, that was probably game over for Bravo. But it could live a normal hit. (laughs) Against what is probably my own better judgment, I decided to roll those dice. Roserade hit. It was not a crit. Bravo lived on 17 health, clicked return, and it was GG. We got a flawless victory against hard mode Gardenia and all of those good, good points. Now, that would have been enough to put me on top coming into this week's podcast. However, I didn't have a flawless week. Even though I had a flawless gym, I did not have a flawless week. When grinding the team... I was grinding right outside of Eterna City, and I had Krunk leading. And there are a lot of Badoos, level 11, level 12, that all know Absorb, but even quad effective, Absorb was not doing more than a quarter of Krunk's health, and Krunk was one hit KOing everything with magnitude. So I was not concerned. A level 13 Badoo came out. It used Mega Drain and one shot. Our sweet baby Krunk. So I did not know that wild level 13 Badoos would know Mega Drain. I know that now, much to my sorrow. I'm sorry, Krunk. That was my bad. With the loss of Krunk, I did not manage to pull the upset and come from behind to lead coming into this week's podcast, though I am tied for first. So that's still an accomplishment that, that we're very proud of. We just wish we could have brought the rock with us. So yeah, that was that was my week. It was mostly real, real great. In fact, other than that one negative point, and of course the frustration of having to replay an hour and a half worth of content, it was real good. I have very little com- to complain about. But as always, I was not the last one to play. That was our dear friend Celeste. So Celeste, how was your week in Nuzlocke gameplay this week? So this was probably the worst week I've ever had in this series, even after losing my Tyratar 2 freaking bubbles. We'll get into that. But early in the week, it was pretty simple. Getting through the city, I'd already beaten Team Rocket off of Professor Rowan the other week by accident because I had ran into it. So all we had to do was go north and deal with the power plant. The power plant went really smoothly, no issues. And so we got through, got to the forest. But before we got to the forest, we caught a Zubat in the Ravage Path, who I named Georgie. And that was about it. And so we go into the forest... My encounter ends up being double Wurmples, which was frustrating, but we caught one. We named it Molly. It ended up evolving into a Silcoon and becoming a Beautifly for the week. After that, I went on to try to do some training with the doubles because it seemed like a good idea. It was a very bad idea in Diamond because double Murkrow is a thing, and double Murkrow is very scary, especially to poor, poor Picard, who has low stats, and yeah, so what happened was... There was two Murkros. One of them crit Picard for almost half his health, so I went to switch him out. And both Murkros had decided to Pursuit, and they both used it on Picard and murdered him. Taking out my good, good Piplup starter. 
And not only that, my rocks, my stealth rocks. I'm going to have a very big uphill battle to win any PvP of this series now <laughs> without that. And so that was awful. Beyond that, getting through the forest was fine. I ended up going for my honey tree encounters just to try to stack the odds better for me. You know, an ambipom would be amazing. Well, it would be an apom this week. A munchlax would have been really good. A heracross would have been really good. I ended up getting a Burmy male, which is absolutely useless from Route 205, and duping, dupesing out on the uh, Floroma Meadow tree, so didn't get anything there. In Route 211, I caught a Chingling, who I named Bach. I don't know if I'm going to use it or not. It's probably just going to rot in the uh, box of everything else. We'll see. I ended up getting a Drifloon from Valley Wind Works, being the only one of the three of us to get that spoopy balloon. So that'll be interesting. And so we go into this with no starter. It's going to be rough. I decided not to do hard mode because I didn't want to mess with it. I just went in with my good, good Starly Riker and kind of wrecked the entire gym. Gardenia didn't stand a chance. Riker used pluck and removed that berry so her Rose Raid couldn't even heal and it just died pretty simply. And since it used pluck, Riker healed himself and there was no issues. So as far as the gym went, it went really smooth. Again, losing my starter was really bad. Really, really bad. We also did some underground, and I got my fossil. And since I'm playing diamond, I got a Kranidos fossil. And that thing is a beast. It ended up being a uh, brave Kranidos, so it's a little bit slow. But it's got plus attack. And then I did the math on its IVs, and it's got a 30 to 31 attack IV, so it's going to be hitting like a truck when it evolves. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll see if I can actually use it to my advantage or not. And so that was my week. Celeste, I am I am so sorry. Um, like, I, I know how it feels to lose a starter early, and that sucks a whole, whole lot. But, you know, as much as it sucked when I lost our, our sweet baby McDonald, like, he... He wasn't great, <laughs> like not to be like a, a dick about it, but he wasn't like the standout of my team to begin with. I know Picard wasn't for you necessarily yet either, but Stealth Rocks is so important. And so it losing really not only your starter, but your starter and one of the most meta-defining moves in in week two, knowing that you have to go through the next eight weeks potentially where both of your opponents have rocks and you don't. That's brutal. I'm so sorry, hon. It's going to happen. will be run on all Pokemon. I'm just going to have to figure out how to combat it. Hopefully I can get a uh, good, good skunk and use Defog on it to combat rocks. Well, there you go. That was our week in gameplay, and it was mostly good, but again, unfortunately, we we didn't all come out of it. There are a few friends that we had to say goodbye to, uh, so let's go ahead and, and take a moment and say goodbye to those who aren't coming with us into week three. <sighs> to, to the infragable crunk. You were a really good rock. You were a fast rock, which is weird, but I dig it. I didn't want to use you for a long time, because I've used a lot of rocks. And that's not interesting or fun. But I was having a lot of fun using you now, because who doesn't love a Geodude early in the game? You get magnitude, which is phenomenal. And you can blow up when things get spoopy. You were a real good boy, and you deserved better. 
than to get murdered by a random baby plant. I'm sorry. I was going real fast. I was trying to make up for time that we lost because of our lost save data. And that wasn't fair to you. But it's where we're at. And I'm going to miss you. Uh, Picard, um, where do I begin? You were the captain of the team. You didn't have the best stats. You didn't stand out in any way at the moment because you were a little baby. But you were going to be amazing because your stats would have gone from nothing to very, very bulky really quickly. Water steel is no joke for a defensive typing, and it would have been great. And you were my rock setter. And not only that, in week one, you withstood the danger bird just to get your rocks off. Oh, wow, that sounds awful. Let's redo that. <laughs> no, no, we're keeping it. We're, we're keeping, keeping that, that in. The, God damn it. In. God damn it. All right. Fine, we're keeping it. We're keeping all of this then. And you, the rocks were able to win. They did a lot of damage to Jolly's team, and I was able to beat him, and it was great. And now I have no idea what's going to happen. It's going to be a very big uphill battle. But the Enterprise must continue its journey, even without its captain. Oh, captain, my captain. Riker is captain now. Yep. There will be many more dalliances on planets and ladies. Until another captain is named. Oh man, you need a Kirk now. And Kirk and Riker can go ham. I do not want a Kirk. <laughs> I'd rather have a Cisco or a Janeway. You have a Janeway. There you go. All right, guys. Well, that was our week in gameplay. But as always, we're not the only ones playing. This week did bring a new series of updates from you listeners who have been nuzlocking along at home. Uh, first up is a new listener, a first time caller, as it were, uh, Dark Shaggy. Uh, Celeste, would you read Shaggy's email for us, please? Sure. Dark Shaggy says, hello, hosts of Blastburn Radio. This is Dark Shaggy, partially because I look like Shaggy. From my name, you could tell that I'm a dark type specialist. I recently found your podcast and started from the beginning. I'm a mail carrier, so I have plenty of free time to listen. I had never done a Nuzlocke before and was so interested in it. Considering I barely play anymore, but was born in the beginning years of Pokemon. I got my first game, Pokemon Red, at five years old in 2000. For your first season, I was definitely a Rohane fanboy. Now I'm leaning towards Jolly because of his poor luck in Season 3 so far. I'm not caught up yet, but you guys inspired me. I got some good buddies together that used to play Pokemon with me in the old days and took up their challenge. We are starting with Fire Red and Leaf Green. They won the vote for Kanto. I'll keep you guys updated with results. P.S. Jolly, even though I love Dark Types, I'm with you on the bug fandom and my favorite for Gen 2 Pokemon that I still always use is Sizer. Thanks, Shaggy. Welcome to the Come Up Squad, sir. And yes, Scizor is totally fucking dope. I don't tend to talk about him a lot when I talk about bug types that I love, because everyone likes Scizor. Like, for a lot of people, he's the exception that proves the rule. And so I like to point to other really good bugs. But yeah, Scizor's fucking dope. I hope you and your buddies have a lot of fun in your journey through Kanto. Now, this week also brought our first email from another new listener, St. Pan. Uh, Mess Buddy, would you read Pan's email for us, please? Yeah, absolutely. They say, Hi guys, St. Pan here. I found your podcast by accident two weeks ago and have been binging to catch up ever since. I'm currently at your sleep lock recap, so I'm almost there. You've been a staple of my workday, and considering I've never listened to a podcast before, you've ignited my interest in the medium, and I thank you for this. You actually inspired me to do my own Nuzlocke run, as I've recently got back into the franchise after getting a 3DS. And now that I've spent time playing through Y and Ultra Moon... To finally finish the living Pokedex I've been working on since Ruby, I needed a new challenge. 
I decided to do Diamond purely and exclusively for the chance to run a Luxray, who is my favorite Pokemon. I was super excited that my first encounter allowed me to catch a Shanks, who I named Onion Ring, due to my fast food naming theme. I had not gotten to Season 3 by this point, but when I did, I found it hilarious to discover that Jolly went with the fast food mascot's naming convention. Before we faced our first gym leader, however, I discovered to my dismay that Diamond does not allow you to overwrite save files and had to drop the run. I was distraught, but I came back the next day and restarted, this time with the ability to save. I had to work for my shanks this time, but I finally got him on their last available route and proceeded to level up to face Rourke. You may be wondering why I'm not going into detail. Well, let me tell you why that is. I made the mistake of leveling in the Orberg Mines, and it was going smoothly until I reached the trainer with a single Machop, who must be sired from Forloco himself, because he used focus energy and proceeded to crit rock smash my team one by one, and I TPW'd. For now, the Nuzlocke has beaten me, as I don't have the energy to go through that disappointment a third time, but I do intend to play along with a different challenge run, and I will be planning a monotype challenge. I intend to do electric, but I'm open to suggestions from whoever is trolly enough to offer them. <laughs> Thank you very much for your email, St. Pan. I am really sorry that your first attempt at a Nuzlocke didn't go great. Like, seriously, there's a lot that's left up to the RNG. Uh, as far as your monotype run goes, my gut instinct is just to yell bug really loudly. But especially early, there's a lot of really shitty bugs in Sinnoh. So I don't really want to do that to you uh, i would actually suggest dark or poison as there are several really dope dark and poison type pokemon in diamond but either way i really hope you enjoy your challenge run you need to do poison you can do that sweet poison monotype it's the best all right. Now, this week did also bring another email update from community moderator and proud member of Team Messer Engine, Pegasus League Live. I'll go ahead and read Peg's email this week. Uh, he writes, hey, guys, Peg here. Guess what? Flawless week. Da -da -da -da. Thank you. Thank you. You're too kind. Uh, this week, we saved the Valley Windworks from Galactic Admin Mars, who was much less deadly than you guys made it out to be. That might be your experience, sir. Mars hits real fucking hard. I wouldn't be cocky. After saving the Valley Windworks, I ceased progression until Friday so I could get a Drifloon. What I did not know is that the Drifloon comes at level 22. My team was level 15. After a super scary battle, I was fortunately able to catch the Drifloon with no casualties. I named it Surprise for two reasons. One, it's a balloon, and you can find balloons at a surprise party. And two, it being level 22 was a very scary surprise. After that, I continued progression and caught a Baneri and a Pachirisu on the way. Then it was time to face Gardenia. As expected, Blaze mowed through Gardenia, pun entirely intended, without much of a problem. I replaced Wasabi the Machop with Surprise, and that is where my gameplay ended. I imagine next week is going to be confusing as hell due to diversion differences, so it will be interesting to see how you guys deal with it. See you next week with another status report. Peg out. Uh, Pegasus has five Pokemon alive in the box. He has no deaths in week two or on the series so far. And his team currently consists of Blaze the Monferno, Sandra the Staravia, Jolly the Babarel, you fuck, Bella the Luxio, Armstrong the Geodude, and Surprise the Drifloon, all at level 22. 
<sighs> Thank you so much, Peg, you annoying little shit. Yeah, that would definitely be surprising and terrifying to suddenly come across a level 22 Pokemon when your whole team's in the mid-teens. I'm happy for you that you managed to get through that all right, but I think it might have been humbling in a good way if it had you know, knocked out half your team along the way, but it is what it is. <laughs> and yeah, this week is gonna The next three weeks actually are going to be real, real weird because of the version splits between diamond and pearl and platinum. But we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Now, lastly, this week also brought a monster of an email from our good buddy and loyal listener, old school bliss mess buddy. Would you read our email from bliss this week? Yeah, absolutely. Bliss says, hello, everyone. Old school bliss here with another update. The lesson of the week should have really been defense. So I ran into this week on Sunday, guns of Blaziken, which was a mistake. I figured that my Ponita, Mort Galt, could solo Gardenia and was almost right. Mort Galt ran through all the trainers with ease, flame wheel after flame wheel, burning everything to a crisp. However, when Gardenia's Roserade came up to the plate, it didn't go so smoothly. After Morgoth got paralyzed, a flame wheel hit, nearly killing it. In return, however, a magical leaf was fired back and nearly killed my sweet, sweet fire pony. Now would be the time for McDullen to shine, or so I thought. One problem with that, in my mad rush to get through the gym, I didn't really level anyone else that much. So when McDullen came out to throw a wing attack and chip GG, he instead took a crit magical leaf to the face and went down like any bird would with a light thud. After losing McDullen, the only other option I had was to hope that Chapapanga luck was still a thing to behold. He goes out, takes a magical leaf, and manages to take down that Roserade with a critical razor leaf that, I like to imagine, just so happens to remove the head of that Roserade for its transgressions. So with that, the gym is clear. We had a loss, and I'm going to miss McDullen. Uh, I wish that was the only loss for the week. But if I had said that, I would be lying. As I was grinding up levels, Plan B of all Mons took an unexpected hit. She was one level away from the week's cap. Just a few more KOs away from being safe for the week. Out comes a level 13 Badoo. God, it's just like you, Jolly. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> from all the Badoo I've killed this week, it seemed like a safe bet to just let her ma- magnitude to victory. She can take an absorb to the face, even a critical one, and keep going. However, something that I wasn't expecting occurred. That level 13 Badoo knew Mega Drain, and it promptly used that and proceeded to chew up and spit out my poor plan B in one shot. Fucking Badoos. <laughs> After that loss, I chose to take... Advantage of the fact that I don't have to do PvP at the end of the week and took a break from leveling my friends. I uh, setting up plans next week to maximize my chance of encountering a Glagger as I feel that will be a big asset to the team. On a good note, I happen to get an Apom whom I named Ruby. He's currently walking around with bells on as I taught him return and expect to see him put in some big work in the future. Looking forward to the next batch of encounters and seeing how we all do against the next gym leader. The current team is Raftina, the Dust Ox, Chapapanga, the Grotle, uh, Rudy, the Apom, Zed, the Alakazam, Emma, the Babarel, and Giramptos, the Shellos. Also, after rescuing Noodle, the Cricketot, from the copy of Diamond I ordered and having Missing No attack it, I am also doing a different type of play through Diamond. Basically, the Diamond Trainer is the big brother of Bliss, the Platinum Trainer. Dale, 
the Diamond Trainer, after hearing his sister's stories of trials and dead friends, has a lot of anger towards Pokemon. He stomps over to Professor Rowan and demands a Pokemon. And after much deliberation, Rowan allows him to take a Chimchar that's a little... different. Like Dale, this Chimchar has a bit of an angry streak. They form a bond. A bond of destruction. Dale and his Chimchar Cameron, they waste everything in their paths as Dale seeks to make everything suffer for what his little sister has gone through. Before even getting to Orberg City and its gym, Chimchar has already evolved to Monferno and pummels all of the rock Pokemon to absolute dust. Not completely satisfied, however, Dale and Cameron head to Eterna City and proceed to turn the entirety of the gym's Pokemon to ash. For now, at least, the pair are satisfied and will take a bit of a rest. Only time will tell as to how much more destruction these two cause. I know these, this email went a tad long. Just felt the need to write a little on this as I had the idea while I was at work and didn't want it to disappear. Stay sharp. Bliss. Thank you so much, Bliss. Woof, dude. I, I know exactly that feel. And lost a Geodude of my own identically. So I know how much that fucking smarts. Uh, hang in there, sir. Willie will pull through for the friends that we've lost. And if you get frustrated, you can always burn everything to cinders in your diamond file, apparently. Now, we also heard from our good friend Aliara this week, who had a great week in gameplay and managed to snag himself a Rotom. So, grats, sir. That is fucking dope. His full email will be posted to the Facebook page. Now, if you are a proud member of the Blastburn Nation like Dark Shaggy, Saint Pan, Bliss, and Pegasus, and you're playing along with us at home or just following the show, we want to hear from you. Be sure to get at us by email or through social media, and we will share your messages with our community because we are all in this together. Send your tears to us. We 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 require them. <laughs> you can't say that because now all I think of... Have you guys seen Coco? No. Yes, it's adorable. So there's this like crazy, like super avant-garde artist, like dance director. And she's directing a <laughs> dance where all the dancers are dressed as her. And they climb this cactus, which is their mother, to drink her milk, which is really her tears. And it's also her. <laughs> <laughs> and so you say give me your tears they are delicious and i just think of those fucking skeletons drinking the tears off this giant cactus with a unibrow <laughs> so that's a very specific thing in jolly's head now thanks thank you pixar <laughs> that's a little weird uh it's a good movie though it's, it's a good super movie. weird it's a very good movie. Very good. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we have we have recounted our adventures. We have checked in with our buddies. It is time, as always, for us to pit our teams against each other in deadly combat for those delicious, delicious points. Now, again, just to touch back on this, I do apologize. Last week on the podcast, I mathed wrong. I did the wrong math, and I gave out wrong point totals. I credited PvP as worth 20 25 points and not the correct 30. So I am bad at keeping track of these arbitrary numbers that I assigned. So yeah, that says a lot of good things about you, boy. So coming into this week, Celeste was actually leading with 90 points. I was in second with 60 and Messer Engine was trailing in last with 30. Now, Celeste may have taken a commanding lead coming into the week with her dominating performance in PvP last week. However, I managed to tie the score back up with my hard mode victory of Gardenia. 
We both come into PvP tied for first place at 100 points. Messer Engine comes in not insubstantially in third place with only 60 points. However, it's only week two. The numbers aren't very big yet. And the deaths that both Celeste and I suffered on the week have made a strong turnaround very possible for our good boy Mess. Uh, Now, as always, last week's big winner must defend first. And this week, that is you, Celeste. Who will you be battling first tonight? Mess, are you ready? Yep. All right. All right. Well, here we go. All right, guys. So in the diamond corner, we have our week one big winner in PvP, Celeste the Lost, leading out with her newest best friend, her female Kranidos, Taurus. And in the pearl corner, we have Messer Engine leading out for the very first time with the starter we did not get to see in action last week, his Grodal Speedy. Are you ready, folks? Yep. Yep. All right. You may begin. And Speedy actually goes first, thanks to the Quick Claw, and sets up the Stealth Rocks immediately, so no luck for Celeste in avoiding them rocks. Taurus hits with the takedown, dealing 36% to Speedy on the hit and taking about 9% in recoil. And Taurus goes back to the takedown, dealing another 41%, hitting real, real hard, uh, and taking some recoil damage as well. Speedy, however, hits back with the Razor Leaf, which is enough to put Taurus down. And Jordy, the Golbat, coming in for Celeste and eating damage from the rocks on the switch in as a flying type, she took 25% of her health from rocks. And Speedy comes back out in favor of Jinxie the Luxio, who takes a resisted wing attack on the switch for 23% of his health. And Jordy uses Confuse Ray. Jinxie is now confused. And Jinxie does hit itself in confusion. Uh, it then eats an Orin Berry after the damage and the berry. He's at 65% and confused. And Jordy uses Astonish on Jinxie for 16% of his health. And Jinxie hits himself again and is now down to 22% and still confused. Jordy uses Bite, and that is enough to bring down Jinxie. So that was a very good series for Celeste. Yeah, that was real shitty. <laughs> Punching yourself in the face two fucking times is real bad. And out comes Early the Early Bird for Messer Engine, getting that Intimidate off on the swap, bringing down Jordy's attack. And Jordy goes back to the Confuse right, confusing Early. Early, however, is not confused and goes right for the Pluck, dealing 27% to Jordy and eating its berry. And Early comes back out in favor of Radar, Messer Engine's own goal bat. Radar eats an Astonish on the switch for 7%. Jordy outspeeds and goes back to the Confuse right. Now Radar is confused. However, Radar does use Bite for 24% of Jordy's health. Radar comes back out in favor of Early. Early gets another Intimidate off on Jordy. And Jordy uses Astonish, which Early is immune to. So a very good swap for Mess. And Jordy uses Confuse Ray again, and Early is confused. And this time, Early hits itself in Confusion for 15%. And Early does fight through the Confusion to hit with Quick Attack for 19% of Jordy's health, leaving Jordy with a sliver of health at 5%. Jordy hits Early with Wing Attack for 21%. And Early goes back to the Quick Attack, and Jordy is down. 
and Wesley the Geodude coming out for Celeste. And early comes back out in favor of Adonis the Machop. Adonis switches into a magnitude 8 for 56% of his health. He does eat an Orinberry and finishes the turn at 59%. Wesley comes back out in favor of Kaiko the Roselia. Kaiko switches into a Karate Chop, which is a crit for 37%. Between the Karate Chop and the Rocks, Keiko is at 51%. And Adonis comes back out in favor of Radar the Golbat, who switches into a Stun Spore and is now paralyzed. Kaiko comes back out in favor of Wesley the Geodude, who takes more rocks damage on the switch, and Radar is fully paralyzed on the turn. And Radar comes back out in favor of Haunt, Messer Engine's Mistrevis. Haunt switches into a Magnitude, but Haunt has Levitate and does not take damage from ground-type moves. And Haunt uses Confuse Ray on Wesley. Wesley is confused. However, Wesley fights through the confusion to use Rock Throw for 32% of Haunt's health. And Haunt uses Psy Wave and misses, and the confusion immediately ends for Wesley. He gets another Rock Throw off for 30%. Haunt eats an Orenberry and is back up to 54%. Haunt goes back to the Psy Wave and misses again. Wesley goes back to the Rock Throw for another 30%. Haunt then goes back to the Confuse Ray, and Wesley hits itself in confusion and is down to 76% health. Wesley's Quick Claw activates, letting it move first, and it punches itself in the face. <laughs> Haunt uses Astonish for 12% of Wesley's health. So Wesley's at 53% and confused. On the following turn, Haunt uses Psy Wave for 24%, bringing Wesley down to 29%. Wesley goes back to the Rock Throw, snaps out of confusion, and Haunt is fainted. Adonis the Machop coming back out for Messer Engine. And Wesley goes first with the Quick Claw and uses Self-Destruct, taking out both himself and Adonis. Early the Early Bird coming back out for Messer Engine. Row the Shinx coming out for Celeste the Lost, taking Intimidate on the swap-in as well as Stealth Rocks damage. And Early remains in and uses Pluck on Row, dealing 17% on the not very effective hit and stealing Row's Berry, healing itself with the Orenberry. Roe uses Spark, which is super effective, dealing 42% and paralyzing early. That paralysis is probably going to be huge. Early ate its own Orenberry and is back up to... It was in the 40s. I missed it. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> on the following turn, Roe does outspeed and use Spark for another 43% of Early's health, taking Early down to a sliver at 13. Early hits back with Endeavor, and Roe is now down to 11% health. And then Early uses Quick Attack, fights through the Paralysis, and brings Roe down. Riker, Celeste's own Staravia coming out, and gets the Intimidate off on Early on the Switch. And Riker goes to the Quick Attack, and that's enough to put Early down. Radar, the Golbat, coming out for Messer Engine. And Radar switches into a Pluck from Riker, which does 25% and steals his Orenberry. Riker heals himself back up to 92%, and Radar is paralyzed. On the following turn, Riker goes to Quick Attack, dealing 18% to Radar. Radar uses Confuse Ray, and Riker is now confused. Riker fights through Confusion to use Quick Attack, dealing 17% to Radar. Uh, Radar uses Bite, which is a crit, dealing 67% of Riker's health. That could be huge. Uh, Riker does eat its Orenberry and is back up to 
A lot's going to depend on how status goes these next couple of turns. Riker fights through the confusion, uses quick attack, deals 21% to Radar. Uh, Radar fights through the paralysis to use Bite, dealing 32% to Riker. Both of these Pokemon are living on a thread. Riker hits itself in confusion and goes down. Celeste is down to her last Pokemon, Kaiko the Roselia, who takes Stealth Rock's damage on the switch in and then eats its Ornberry, is back up to 57%. Kaiko uses Magical Leaf, Quad resisted by the Golbat, takes only 6% health. Radar fights through the paralysis with the wing attack and brings Kaiko down. The winner is Messer Engine, but boy, howdy, he took it by a thread. Good game, guys. Good game. Good game. I I couldn't fucking catch a break that match yeah you you had a lot of shitty rng (laughs) oh god i really didn't think i was gonna pull that off thank god for the quad resist that crit that crit yeah that crit bat radar just saved you both of those goal bats came up huge in that match yeah it was a good match yeah losing jinxie to just a whole lot of punch yourself in the face (laughs) wasn't great no no that wouldn't be Oh, geez. Well, that's our first match on the evening. Messer Engine has picked up 30 big PvP points, which he sorely needed on the series. And as always, Loser gives up the stick. So that means it's me and you next mess. Celeste, the mic is yours. So in the Platinum Corner, we have BBR Jolly leading with Bravo, his Staravia. And in the Pearl Corner, we have Messer Engine leaving with Jinxie, his, um, why am I? Luxio, that's it. Are you two ready? Yep. Let's do it. You two may begin. Jolly pulling back Bravo in favor of Mandark, who intimidates Jinxie on the switch. Jinxie now has two intimidates on it. (laughs) Jinxie uses Spark, hitting Mandark for not much. 86%. It's down to 86%, but it also paralyzes. Uh, That was ridiculous. (laughs) Out comes Speedy, Mezzer Engine's Grotal. Takes a bite on the switch for 18% of its health. And Bravo comes back out for Jolly, intimidating Speedy. But Speedy gets Stealth Rocks out. Jinxie comes back out for Mezzer Engine. Jinxie takes a pluck on the switch. Bravo steals Jinxie's Orenberry, and Jinxie's down to 72% health. A return from Bravo finishes Jinxie off in one hit. (laughs) It wasn't even a crit, it just decided to murder that thing. That thing is the fucking worst. (laughs) Radar comes out for Mezzer Engine. That Golbat that really wrecked my face. It takes a pluck, and its Orenberry is stolen. Uh, Radar uses Confuse Ray, confusing Bravo. Radar is at 67% health. Action Hank comes out for Jolly. Taking a bite on the switch, it's at 86% health. Adonis comes out for Mezzer Engine. Taking a Rock Tomb on the switch and losing some speed. Adonis is at 93% health. Jolly switches in Mandark, who intimidates Adonis, and a Karate Chop on the switch knocks Mandark to 54% health. Mandark is paralyzed. Adonis is down speed and attack by one stage. Speedy comes out for Mezzer Engine, taking a Spark on the switch. It loses 12% of its health. It is now at 70%. Sarah comes out for Jolly, taking 25% of its health from Rocks, and another almost 25, 23% of its health from Bite. So it is at 52% health just from switching. Radar comes out from Mezzer Engine, taking a Confuse Ray on the switch. And then Early comes out from Mezzer Engine, intimidating Sarah. And it takes a wing attack on the switch, knocking it down to 73% health. Early takes a Confuse Ray. It fights through it and plucks Sarah's berry, healing itself to 90%. Sarah is at 
A thief from Sarah steals Early's orange berry. It eats the orange berry, healing up a little bit. Early's confused, but fights through it. Using pluck, Sarah loses 25% of its health. Sarah is now at 12% health. Early is at 76% health. Early is confused and hits itself. A wing attack from Sarah knocks Early down to 32% health. Early is confused again, hit itself, and a wing attack finishes off Early. I'm not having good luck with confusion tonight. Radar comes up from Ezra Engine. A confused ray from Sarah confuses Radar. Radar hits itself. Fuck my life. <laughs> <laughs> a wing attack from Sarah knocks Radar to 31% health, and a bite from Radar finishes off Sarah. Bravo comes out for Jelly, taking rocks damage. It's at 76% health. It also intimidates Sarah, or sorry, Radar down to one stage of attack. Or down one stage of attack. I can't speak tonight, sorry. Haunt comes out for Mezzer Engine, taking a pluck on the switch. It also eats Haunt's Berry, healing Bravo to 93% health. And Haunt is at 63% health. The next turn, another pluck knocks Haunt down to 25% health, and a confused ray confuses Bravo. Rolf comes out for Jolly and takes a Psy Wave on the switch, knocking it down to 62%. Rolf uses Foresight, trying to get through that Ghost Defense, and a Confuse Ray confuses Rolf. We'll see what happens. I am the son of a shepherd! A return from Rolf finishes off Haunt. Adonis comes out from Ezra Engine. Rolf hits himself, and takes a critical hit, or no, sorry, just a super effective Karate Chop for 40% of its health. Rolf is at 7% health. Rolf's Confusion ends, uses Return, hits Adonis down to 22%, and a karate chop from Adonis finishes off Rolf. Bravo comes back out for Jolly. Rocks take it down to 69% of its health. So Bravo is at 69. Adonis is at 22%. A pluck from Bravo finishes off Adonis. Radar comes back out from Mezzer Engine. A confused ray from Radar confuses Bravo. Bravo hits himself and eats its own Orin Berry to heal up to 64%. The confusion ends on one turn, and a return from Bravo finishes off Radar. Speedy comes out for Mezzer Engine. And a pluck from Bravo. Eats Speedy's berry, heals it. Holy! So Speedy's at 24%. Speedy got really angry and critical bited Bravo down to 2%. It's not really going to matter, though. I'm not fast enough to deal with that. It was still... It was still the best thing the turtle could have done. <laughs> that Speedy is a spoopy fucking boy. <laughs> Speedy game, was mess. angry. Good game. Yeah, yeah. That was holy shit. Speedy is phenomenal. Like Jesus Christ, that thing is scary. Yeah, he's he's real good. I wish I had not suffered so badly from confusion in both my matches tonight. <laughs> I hit myself an awful fucking lot. And when I had confusion up on other people, you did not hit yourselves an awful fucking lot. But that's the way it goes sometimes. Mm-hmm. Good game. Good game, Mess. Uh, so that leaves Messer Engine 1-1 one and one on the weekend PvP, helping to bridge that lost gap just a little bit. That leaves myself at 1-0 and o currently with one match left to play, and that is, of course, against Celeste. Uh, so, Mess, the mic is yours, buddy. All right, folks. It's the last match of the night, but certainly not the least. These these Titans were way ahead of me in points are going to duke it out to see who gets to have way more points than me. In one corner, we got Jolly opening up with Mojo, that Monferno. Mojo, Jojo. 
And then we got the Jordy LaForge, the gold bat, in the corner for Celeste Lost. Are you two ready to rumble? I am. Yeah, let's do it. All right, you may rumble. Go, do the thing. Monferno comes out for Jolly, and out comes Action Hank, that, that beautiful shield on, who takes a wing attack on the switch in, but it only does like 6% damage because it's not very effective. Out comes Worf for Celeste Lost. It switches into a Rock Tomb, but it doesn't hit. So now Action Hank has to face down a Klingon. We'll see how that goes. Shield on switches out in favor of Sarah the Golbat on Jolly's end, but Celeste, anticipating a switch, switches into Row the Luxio. A Confuse Ray from Sarah makes Row confused, but it does not give a fuck. It uses Spark. Bringing Sarah way low, allowing it to eat its berry, and it's now at 37%. Jolly switches out Sarah the Golbat in favor of Action Hank, who switches into his spark and is brought down to 70%. Worf comes back out for Celeste. It does take the Rock Tomb on the switch in and gets the down speed. So it's standing there looking all, all swell, but kind of slow. Jolly brings Sarah back out. Uh, it switches into a low kick, which is really funny when you think of a low kick on a bat. <laughs> it's brought down to 20%, even though it is a crit, because it's not very effective. Torres, the Kranidos, comes out for Celeste. It comes into a Confuse Ray and is confused. Sarah uses Thief and steals the Quick Claw from Torres. Torres goes down to 76%. It does fight through its Confusion to use Rock Tomb. But Sarah isn't having any of it, and it does not get hit. A bite from Sarah brings Torres down, uh, and then Torres brings Torres down as it punches itself in confusion, and it is at 5% and confused. Another bite brings Torres down. That Golbat putting in good work for Jolly this week. Out comes Riker to face Sarah. <laughs> Riker uses Quick Attack, brings Sarah down to 3%. Sarah uses Confuse Ray, and Riker is confused. Sarah gets swapped out in favor of Action Hank. Celeste switches out into Roe, the Luxio. Spark from Roe brings Action Hank down to 46%. Action Hank uses Rock Tomb, bringing Roe down to 82%. Another Rock Tomb uh, hits Roe, bringing it down to 63%, and is down even more speed. Uh, Roe uses Spark, bringing Action Hank down to 20%. Another Rock Tomb brings Roe down to 47%. It eats its berry and goes back up to 63%. The follow-up Spark on Action Hank drops Action Hank. Out comes Rolf, the low punny for Jolly. Celeste switches into Jordy, the Golbat, who switches into a return, takes a shit ton of damage, uh, eats its berry, and is now at 65%. Confuse Ray from Jordy uh, is now on Rolf. Rolf punches itself in the face, down to 88%. An Astonish from Jordy does nothing because Rolf's a normal po Pokemon. Rolf, on the other hand, uses Return and fights through that confusion, bringing Jordy down to 11%. That Return is no joke. Rolf hits itself in confusion and then takes a bite from Jordy. It is down to 34%. A quick attack on the next action from Rolf is enough to bring down Jordy LaForge, that good engineer bat. And Celeste will be forced to bring someone else out. Out comes Worf, the Machop, for Celeste. 
Rolf's confusion ends and it uses return, but Worf is having none of that shit. It gets hit, but it's not enough to kill it. Worf eats its berry, goes back up to 46%, and karate chops the crap out of that son of a shepherd. Uh, out comes Bravo for Jolly, uh, getting the Intimidate off on Worf. Worf is looking a little tired and swaps out himself. Out comes Riker with the Intimidate. Uh, lowering the attack of Bravo. Uh, Riker takes a return on the switch in, gets hit, goes down, eats uh, his berry, and is back up to 65%. Out comes Sarah for Jolly. It switches in. Riker uses pluck and drops Sarah. Bravo comes back out, getting the Intimidate off on Riker. Out comes Ro, the Luxio for Celeste. It comes in to a return and is dropped. Out comes Riker with the Intimidate on Bravo. We're just having the Intimidate swap wars. Bravo is at 100%. Riker is at 65%. Out comes Quackor for Jolly. It switches into a pluck. Riker eats its berry. Quackor is at 60%. Riker's at 82%. Another pluck on Quackor brings it down to 15%. Quackor uses Water Pulse, bringing Riker down to 40%. Riker is just like, what was that? I'm going to use Pluck again, and drops Quackor. Out comes Bravo with that Intimidate on Riker one more time. Worf comes out for Celeste. It switches into a return and dies with a Klingon battle cry on its lips. Out comes Keiko, the Roselia. For Celeste, it switches into a Pluck. is brought down to 2%. Keiko uses Stun Spore. Bravo is paralyzed, but eats its berry and is all better. A quick attack drops Keiko. And now it is just Riker v. Bravo, and Riker is not looking so hot. He's at 40%. And Bravo, that deadly bird, drops Riker. Game set and match to Jolly by Nature. Good game, Celeste. Good game. Okay, so that is our PvP for the week. It is in the books, and with those additional PvP points, our current standings are as follows. Messer Engine is still in third place, but is looking substantially better after picking up 30 PvP points. He is only down by 10 points on Celeste with 90. Celeste remains in second place with the same score she brought in of 100 points, and I, Jolly by Nature, have taken command of first place for what feels like the first time in six fucking months. Uh, with my 60 big PvP points on the week, I am sitting at 160. How are we feeling after PvP this week, folks? We'll see you next gen, folks. Screw two Show returns, up. is all I can say. Access to that so early sucks so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the uh, returns from Low Punny and the returns from that Adamant Bird. Like, it's not like there's no fucking way, but it's pretty fucking close to no fucking way. And I think it's real funny because I would much have rather dealt with that fucking Badoo this week than that Low Punny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is what it is. It's fine. There's, I mean, there's, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I can't complain. I'm real, real happy with where things are. I, I don't like that so much of what makes my team good right now is so stacked on normal type. Like, that's ripe for abuse and exploitation. But it's still very early. I have a lot of good stuff on the tables, actually, for this week. And I will take it. I will take every fucking bit of it. I mean, it could be... It could be worse. Like, normal is normal. Like, it's not... 
super vulnerable to a lot of things and like bravo isn't vulnerable to fighting like and low punny has a way around ghosts like you're good like it'd be way worse if you were stacked on fire Mm -hmm. or electric or ground like that's very true although i will say if you had done your underground this week messer engine if you had brought in your own action hank i would have had a real bad time yeah well mini games you know (laughs) can't be avoided All right, guys. Well, that was our week in gameplay. That's where we're at going into week three. So let's take a look at week three. Let's take a look at our next week in Nuzlocke gameplay. Uh, Now, this week, our hosts will storm Team Galactic's headquarters and battle another commander, this time Commander Jupiter, to rescue an innocent Pokemon and score a free bike. We will bike our way south and east through routes 206 and 207. We will explore the Wayward Cave if we choose to. And we will finally reach and delve the massive and mysterious Mount Coronet. Uh, we'll come out on the other side on Route 208 and continue south and east to reach Heart Home City. Now here, for Jolly, Fantina of the Heart Home Gym awaits his challenge. This is not the case for Mess and Celeste, however. Uh, our hosts will then head east and north through Route 209, explore the Lost Tower, and reach Salacion Town. There's ruins to explore here, though unfortunately they're full of unknown. Uh, from here, our hosts will head north to Route 210. The way north is blocked by a herd of Psyduck, of all things, but we can buy some sweet Moo Moo milk and head east through Route 215 to finally reach Veilstone City, where Maylene waits to take your challenge in the Veilstone City gem. Now, our level limit for this section of gameplay will be 27, and it's worth noting that this section, as well as the next two weeks, is just weird, as the path of progression deviates between Diamond and Pearl and Platinum. Our level limit this week is higher than Fantina's Ace and Platinum, but it's lower than Maylene's Ace and Diamond and Pearl, and this is unfortunately kind of a necessary evil, as the the, the max level of Maylene's Ace and the max level of Crasher Wake's Ace next week for Diamond and Pearl is the same level. So unless we wanted to be able to gain no levels next week, this is just kind of how we have to do things. In addition, all the routes and areas between Heart, Home, and Veilstone, they're off the path of progression for myself for Platinum, but they are on the week's encounter tables. So I'm not like committed to going and exploring those areas and getting those encounters. But if there's something on the board that I don't want to wait for, I have that option if I choose to. So yeah, that's what we're looking at for week three. How are you guys feeling going into week three of the series? I don't remember anything. So it's all, it's not all new to me, but it might as well be. I want platinum. And Celeste has never played it. So (laughs) yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see how that is. I'll learn about all the roots on this this week tomorrow, like 30 minutes before live, because that's the way I do things. And no additional comments from the peanut gallery will be accepted <laughs> at this time. Uh, Maylene's going to be scary. Maylene is pretty scary. Uh, all the gym leaders, I think, in, in Diamond Pearl Platinum have at least their scary bits. I'm really excited for this week for all of us and particularly for Platinum because that's just the way it works out. Like there are a lot of really valuable encounters on the table for this week. It seems like every series there's one particular week of gameplay that just has a set of encounters that will define your team for the remainder of the run. Sometimes it's as early as week two or three. Sometimes it's late in the game. I feel like for Gen 4, it's week three. And so I'm really excited to see what directions our teams go in this week. Yeah, I I don't know what's available. So I will take your word for it and figure that out in about less than 24 hours. 
Yeah. All right. Well, that was our show this week, guys. And as always, we do want to let you folks know when you can expect to see us live on Twitch. And that's a little easier said than done this week, because this week is our Friday night fight. It is our special showdown stream as a part of our showdown spotlight series of bonus podcast episodes. Um, So we put up the Gliscor spotlights about a week and a half, two weeks ago now, and you guys were very receptive to that. So thank you. We really appreciate all the the good feedback we've gotten for that episode. And we're going to be doing the stream where we're going to show off the teams that we built around Gliscor and also the teams that you folks submit. So if you haven't yet, be sure to submit us a team for the Smogon UU tier built around Gliscor, and we will happily play with it on stream and talk about it and what works with it and what doesn't and what changes we would make and all the cool stuff like that. Um, so it should be a whole lot of fun. Be sure to come out for that. That stream is going to be on my channel, twitch.tv slash jolly by nature, but mess is going to be with us as well, having a real good time. And next month when we do the same thing, we'll do it over on his channel. Yeah. De- definitely send us uh, some teams to play with on Friday. We're looking forward to it. Absolutely. And send us your suggestions for the next spotlight Pokemon. We've only gotten two of them so far. I'm pretty sure that I know which one we're going to do for July. But that being said, we're still looking for suggestions and we'll consider them for August and moving forward. So definitely get those to us. Now, with that being said, that's going to take Friday off of our Nuzlocke streaming table. So things are going to be kind of fast and loose around here. So just stay tuned. Keep your ear to the ground on all the normal platforms on Twitter, on Facebook, on Discord, and we'll make sure that you know who is streaming when they're streaming and when you can catch all that good good content but at the very least you can expect to see our first good boy messer engine first as always when and where can our listeners find you mess i'll be on tomorrow at 6 p.m eastern as per normal at twitch.tv slash messer engine because this week is kind of like compressed i might be on earlier than that again i have a commitment tomorrow i have a wedding shower to go to for my uncle so I don't know when I'm going to be back at the house before stream, but if it is a few hours earlier, we might just get started a little early to give everyone uh, else a little more breathing room, but we'll have to play it by ear because I'm not going to rush out of there, obviously. Awesome. Thank you, Messer Engine. Uh, I expect Mess to still be streaming Monday evening as well, because this is a very big chunk of gameplay this week, especially for Diamond and Pearl. That being said, you can definitely expect to see me streaming at my normal Tuesday evening time slot, 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash jollybynature. And if I need more time, we'll figure it out as the week goes. Now, Celeste, when can our listeners expect to find you live on Twitch? I'll be streaming on Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if a second night is needed, depending on how this week goes, since it is a compressed week, there might be more than me streaming on Thursday. But if I need the second night, it'll be Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as well. Awesome. Thank you, Celeste. Now, as always, just remember, folks, we do want to hear from you. We want those emails, those social media messages, those good, good DMs. Keep your dicks out of them. But otherwise, we want to hear from you, whether you're playing along with us at home, doing your own challenge run, or if you just want to to talk about the the show, just give us your emails, blastburnradio at gmail.com or get at us on social media on Facebook or Twitter at Blastburn Radio. Now, as always, you can follow me personally at BBR Jolly on Twitter. I'm Celeste Lust. I'm real smart. I'm at Mezzer Engine, folks. 
<laughs> also, don't forget to check out Mythic Portal Games for all of your online role-playing assets, uh, as well as their good, good partner company, which is now known as Astral uh, Virtual Tabletop. It is no longer Power VTT. So if you're looking for that, be sure to look for Astral uh, and follow the show at Blastburn Radio on Twitter or Facebook to stay up to date on what all of our hosts are doing around the web. Now, I do want to thank everyone for joining us today. I want to give a very special thank you, as always, to my co-hosts, Messer Engine and Celeste. For Blastburn Radio, I am Jolly by Nature. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. See you next week, folks. See you next time. Blastburn Radio is a production of Challenge Accepted Media. This episode was produced by Jolly by Nature, Celeste Lost, and Messer Engine. Pokemon and all related games and characters are the property and trademark of Nintendo, Game Freak, and the Pokemon Company. Opening music in today's episode includes Game On by Fishy off the OC Remix album, The Missing No Tracks. Check out this great album at missingno.ocremix.org. Battle music in today's episode provided by Glitch X City. Check out all her work on YouTube or SoundCloud at Glitch X City. Closing music in today's episode is Cantalave City Remix by Say, S-E-I-I. You can check out all her tracks at youtube.com slash saytunes. Design work and stream assets provided by Rachel Mondragon. Check out her portfolio or contact her for commissions at rachelmondragon.com. Blastburn Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. supposed to be sweeping. Really? You want to talk to the people? Are you saying knock, knock, knock? I'm sorry, guys. <laughs>